One Inch Press Scary Podcast. This is Kirsty Sayer, and today my guest is Rylan Black. Welcome, Rylan. Thank you. Thank for, you. Thank you for being willing to do this. Yeah, Ryland, Ryland is another son of mine. He grew up across the way, shall we say. We always say across the way because it's we, we have an alley and a park between us, and our kids were raised together. Ryland is Gabe's, one of Gabe's best friends. He and Gabe are part of a band with a couple of other best friends. And your band's name is, I'll let uh, you. Circus Dog. Circus Dog. And yeah. they are um, actually a really impressive band. I, <laughs> I was like, did you, are you guys doing covers? Because this is really good, but they're not. They're Ryland and Gabe and anybody else writing the music? Or is it just you guys who are writing? Uh, Griffin's starting to get into it. Awesome. And they're writing, recording, singing, playing. So this is the plug for Circus Dog. Um, I told you, Ryland, that uh, uh, Marianne was playing it in our yoga class and it sounds super legit. Like nobody notices. That's that it's awesome. not. Yeah. So we're ve- you're very, you're very multi-accomplished. Um, I, Ryland, where are you at school now? Uh, the University of Mountain Union. And you're playing soccer, right? Uh, yes. All right. So Ryland is quite an athlete. Um, and last summer, was it, it was like June, I, I believe. The marathon? Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, I think, end of April. So it was oh, in the spring. My bad, spring. Yes, that sounds, that sounds a little more, um, makes a lot more sense. So it was in April then that Gabe casually mentioned that Ryland was running a marathon the next day. And I have run for a zillion years and had not yet run a marathon. I'd run several half marathons. Now, have you run a half marathon? Uh, I have not. Prior to your marathon. So Although Ryland, I, think, I think Gabe and I are planning on running one this spring. Nice. Good. Great. Good to so, hear. Yeah. Hold him to that. Um, yeah. Um, so I like was like, what do you mean he's running a marathon tomorrow? Because it was about 10 p.m. the night before. That Gabe was like, oh, yeah, Ryland's running the Toledo Marathon tomorrow. And I said, oh, you mean the half marathon? And he was like, oh, no, he's running the whole thing. And I was like, sure, he is. And um, I think I was not alone in that assumption. Like, we were all like, yeah, Ryland, (laughs) you don't just up and run a marathon. I know you're young and I know you're athletic and I know you play soccer, but it's a whole different thing. And guess what? Ryland ran the marathon and he didn't just run the marathon what was your time uh just over four hours I think it was four hours two minutes or barely yeah like barely it almost counted as a sub four marathon in my mind anyway and you know that guy ridiculously photogenic guy running the race you know that meme with ridiculously photogenic guy yeah Ryland is the new ridiculously photogenic (laughs) guy because there are photos of him running that marathon and he totally puts that guy to shame like he looks so happy, so fresh, so like into it, so well trained, and it was like mesmerizing. So when we all got over our bitterness, um, I said to Riley, like, because I had already, you know, I was starting to train for a fall marathon at that point. Yeah. And um, like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. And I said to you that summer, that's why I'm thinking June. I think it was in June when we finally caught up. Yeah, I think and that's right. I was right. like, what is the deal, man? How did you get that right? And you cited um, 
the book What Doesn't Kill You as one of the yeah, things. Yeah, What that, Doesn't Kill Us what by doesn't uh, kill Scott us. Carney. And um, so I'll let you talk more about that. Um, all right, yeah. So basically a little background on the marathon. I was originally going to run the half marathon with a friend, and then she ended up dropping out uh, because of just some conflicting like she just had too many conflicts. She couldn't train and stuff for it. And so then right when I was going to sign up, I was like hovering over the half marathon. And I like realized that the full marathon was like only $10 more and it's kind of expensive to run a marathon. So I was like, it well, is. might as well go for the whole thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, most that's people why don't look I, at it as, as like, Oh yeah, I better get more for my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how I ended up signing up for it. And then, I think the reason I was able to do it is um, because of two, basically two books. Uh, one is that What Doesn't Kill Us by Scott Carney, which right. talks about the Wim Hof method. That was my first like introduction to that. Okay. Um, and then another book called Born to Run, which I'm sure as a runner, yes. you've probably heard of. I have. Um, and between the two of those, uh, between like the Wim Hof, like mind over matter kind of thing, Right. Um, which is, I think, like a big takeaway from the method and the, the whole all like all the arguments in Born to Run. I just convinced myself that I could do it, and then ended up Actually, pulling it. Yeah, pulling really, it off. Really doing it. Yeah, you did amazingly, really so well. And um, I was super intrigued by this. I was so intrigued, and and coincidentally, I'd started doing in. Uh, cold exposure yeah the winter before um a yoga instructor i follow online um was talking a lot about the health benefits of cold exposure and also how it sort of makes you less um cold <laughs> in winter yeah. like you'll you'll suffer less and i was kind of tired of suffering in in ohio because i'm a perpetually cold person always cold always uncomfortable it was painful and horrible and i didn't like it so i was like well if i can do anything to help myself i will and i also so i started doing that last winter and i noticed uh, psychological benefits like that it had for ptsd it really helped um to stave off uh spirals those PTSD spirals or to get me grounded when I was already in one. And so I became more and more interested in it. And um, I know that you had also got some other local disciples in on the Wim Hof method, like of my age. So your, your parents, your friends' parents, yeah. um, you had, you had intrigued a few of us. And then the other day, it was probably the beginning of February. I overheard them talking about going on a polar plunge and discovered that everybody was really interested in Wim Hof and I just started doing the breathing and so this whole thing has kind of taken over my life in, in its entirety in the last month I am a huge convert of the Wim Hof breathing method of the cold therapy all of it and you're the guy that started it all for all of us yeah so last locally um... Last winter, I uh, so I came to school as a freshman, and that fall, I had gotten sick, like, just too many times, and I was, like, missing. I didn't miss any classes because I couldn't afford to, but I'd go, and I'd just feel awful, um, and it was just, like, I was sick of it, and so over winter break, I was just, like, on YouTube scrolling, and I saw one video labeled, 
like never getting sick again. And then the Wim Hof method. And I was like, well, okay, what's this? And that's kind of a, that's kind of a myth. You can definitely still get sick with the Wim Hof method while practicing, right. but, um, but I was intrigued. So I clicked the video, um, saw this guy doing these weird breathing things and then swimming around like the Arctic. And I was, I was like, my interest was peaked. So I did a little bit more research, ended up getting the book um, by Scott Carney. And I read that and then immediately started doing the, the breathing method and uh, working my way up with uh, cold showers to right. try and like get myself into this. And it was winter break, so there was snow outside. So I did a couple times uh, go outside in big shorts snow. and stuff. Yeah. And so then I like started doing this and just started like feeling better um, and just could like, I don't know, breathe easier maybe. Just it, yeah. like I, re I really like connected with it. And so I was like, okay, this is something I want to do. This is something I want to keep going. Um, and then when I came back to school, I have a friend here. His name's Noah Ray. And he's kind of like, I mean, if I'm like going to go jump in, he's two steps behind me, like on his way to do yeah. the same thing. He's down for it. Yeah. So, friends like that. <laughs> so I, uh, so I told him about this and he was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, let's do it. So we started doing like the breathing together and we weren't super consistent. We did do it every day. Um, but we do it like maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we do the breathing method and like doing the cold showers and stuff. And then we ended up jumping in a pond that had been frozen over. And like we jumped in the part that wasn't frozen. It was like 18 right. degrees out. And a couple cool. of our friends who don't do the Wim Hof method, do it with us or like did it with us. And we like jumped in the pond and like get back to the dorms and stuff. And, anybody who doesn't Wim Hof besides me and Noah, everybody's like shivering and like not, not feeling well. good. And Noah and I have like these huge grins on our faces. And so that was like the first time I was like, wow, like there's definitely something to this. Um, yeah. Like it's, there is. it's pretty awesome. <laughs> like there is yeah. there's something to it. There's something to it because so I'm new to it and you've, you know, you've have so much more experience and I think you're like, definitely the inspiration behind you know all the friends I know locally who are doing it which yeah. is you there's a lot to be proud of because I think that uh you've really introduced us to an incredible gift um I don't tend to embark upon things unless they have scientific you know especially uncomfortable things unless mm -hmm. there's some sturdy science behind it um and there is yeah so um the um there are I so like I'm a biology major. And so one of the big things just about, I guess what I'm studying and stuff is everything has to be backed by peer reviewed scientific journal articles and all these studies. And yeah. so when I heard that Wim Hof was also like backed up by science, I was kind of skeptical. So I found like the original paper that he always references. And right. I read that. And I mean, there's a lot of charlatans selling like miracle cures for all these different diseases and stuff. But I don't think Wim is the only one who's got scientific proof backing up his claims. No. And so that was just kind of cool. Well, it was interesting to me that um, I would notice things and then I would go back to, you know, to confirm if it was just me imagining something yeah. or if it was a, an actual thing, an actual advantage of the method. And I would find that there was, you know, data to back it up and mm -hmm. it was a thing. For instance, I noticed after, um, I first started to do the breathing and the breath hold, which was 
really difficult for me. I'm, I'm asthmatic, definitely not as badly yeah. as I was, but I was really badly as a kid. And I just have kind of a fear of holding my breath because I remembered those little, little pinprick breaths, mm-hmm. you know, those, it was just, it's a scary concept. I never wanted to scuba dive or do anything else that would require any change in breathing, not just like, not just holding breath, but even change or impediment in my breathing was very freaky. And so it surprised me that after practicing the breath holds, I would feel extremely serene and able to um, meditate without difficulty. You know, that my mind yeah. would be very, very clear, very calm. And he's like, there's nothing mystical about that. That's just how uh, your brain waves respond to the lack of oxygen, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't think would be the case, but most certainly is. So what are your favorite advantages uh, so far of the Wim Hof method? Favorite advantages? Um, I'm definitely going to go with one. So when you do the breathing, do you ever experience the, uh, like the tingling and the buzzing like on your like hands or face? Yes. That, have you I felt do. that? Um, yes. Yeah. So that's, I think anytime I do like a, a round of the breathing and I like hit that, part that's how I know like okay that was a good that was a good round oh um, really yeah okay cool I mean I, that's I'm just not, I don't know if that's like a, I'm not a good way to that oh I, I love I always, it I love it oh I hate it I don't know why I always, I always think oh you went too far like oh back it up next time so that's funny that's amusing yeah, yeah. Also, um, I'm a big fan of that and then there's been a couple times I'll take my friends through uh the breathing method and I haven't really recruited yeah. any hardcore Wim Hoffers um out of my friends yet but they'll be like, wow, like my hands were tingling. Like it was just like, it was cool. Like I was seeing lights. Like, yes, it was pretty cool. So we were in, we went over to the Maumee river this Sunday, this last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, um, I must say I was terrified on the way over. Just some days you're just brave and other days you aren't. And I don't know what, you know, what creates that in, in your mind. Like some days you just have more in your mind or subconsciously or whatever. But I was feeling like a very uneasy about it going over this time. And I started to do the breathing on the way over. And it really, really calmed me down by the time I got there. But even so, going into the water was a shock. It was colder than it had been. It yeah. was really cold. Um, I saw it was like 33 I, degrees or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the water was 33 degrees. And the um, I lost my footing. I think that was the thing. And it just felt like this huge trench beneath me. Mm-hmm. And that was a weird sensation. So I started off feeling really, really panicked. And then kind of got into some deep, heavy meditative breathing and remembering. Like, you know how he says, let the body do what the body yeah. is capable of doing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you, uh, I, do you use the guided breathing? I did at first. I don't anymore. I I do the guided bubbles. I watch it. I prefer not to hear that music because it's kind of like a little frenetic for me. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like a different or silence or a different kind of music. So, um, but the way he talks is when he goes, let the body do what the body is capable of doing. That always echoes in my mind because the body is indeed so much so much more capable than we realize like I have attended a lot of childbirths five of my own and many many more as a doula and every single birth I've attended the woman has said at some point I cannot do this I can't do it and they truly believe it like that's when you know that they're at a certain stage of it's called transition 
which is just about when the baby is going to like be ready to start being pushed out. And um, it's so interesting because the baby is always born and the woman always does it. Like it yeah. is, you know? <laughs> but we can't, you know, we, we don't believe that our bodies are capable of even a tiny fraction of what they really are. And so whenever I start to, you know, I've started to use that, that voice in my head and the more and more I practice and see, gosh, I'm, I can hold my breath now for three minutes. That's crazy. You know, I shouldn't be able to hold my breath for three minutes. I'm not a, I'm not an elite athlete. I'm not anything. And that's not with any air in your lungs either. Right. No air in the lungs. What even is that? But it was just this sensation. And we all just calmed down to such a totally meditative place. Um, And when you were saying the light, I was saying to Aaron later, I just saw this. um, I thought it was like the light playing on the ripples of the river because it was a pretty, you know, like hectic current going along. And there was this beautiful light that I got completely enchanted with. And I just watched this light and it was so delightful. It was like just delightful. And later afterwards, I said to Aaron, I wonder if I was actually hallucinating that (laughs) light. (laughs) I was like, it was so fun. It was beautiful. It was like in the shape of an infinity sign. It was just dancing around. And now I'm like, wait, what was that? Was that maybe a hallucination? (laughs) Because it was so cold, but it was pleasant. And yeah, we did six minutes, whereas the last time it was the water was warmer and we did barely three minutes. And it really was this, it it is a testimony to the fact that your body adapts and Mm -hmm. has been adapting because we've been doing, well, I've been doing cold showers um, and some snow bathing a little bit in between. And it's, it's phenomenal. It's truly phenomenal. So how long, so I, I'm assuming that you've been doing a lot of the, the cold shower stuff um, on yeah. a regular basis as so an athlete. The, a lot of cold showers, a lot of ice baths uh, too. Yeah. Um, Cause we have a facility here that we're allowed to use for that. And it's just a nice bonus. Cause I, cause I can use it for yes. Wim Hofing as well. Um, you can. Awesome. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, the, uh, man. I lost my train of thought. I did a lot of cold. Uh, I did ice baths when I was training for my marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always very hot after having run. You know, it was always longer yeah. than 10 miles when I did it. It was it was always like if I'd gone on a run for longer than 10 miles. And, um, you know, I could handle it because I was hot, you know, beforehand. It wasn't comfortable, but it was doable but this kind of doing an ice shower in the winter is it is a different experience i must say but i have noticed that i am not sore after any kind of activity i'm not sore um i've i've started a bunch of new activities i've been doing pole dancing like for fitness which is extremely like strenuous yeah and i don't feel sore the next day at all yeah i think so are you noticing similar recovery benefits or anything like that i know so the the wim hof method i've watched a lot of people so like before i well let me start with this i watched a lot of people giving me lessons on the wim hof method because when i first started this wim hof didn't have any free i guess like teaching things and so i didn't have anywhere to learn except from the book and then from secondhand from people on youtube 
And one of the things a lot of people swore by is like, if this is great for recovery. And so after a hard run or something for soccer, like a hard day at lifting or something, I'd come back and I'd Wim Hof and then feel better than I guess my peers did, or maybe it was just a placebo or whatever, whatever the case, I was getting some benefit out of it. And right. I just really enjoyed it. But then one of the things I decided was that if I was going to be serious about the Wim Hof method is I got to learn it from the source, but I oh, also don't okay. have $2,000 to fly to Poland and train with Wim. So um, I ended up investing in his 10 week training course. Um, oh, cool. Would you, would you recommend that? Uh, if you're serious about it, then yes, it's like $200, I think, which is a lot, but you have access for life. There's a bunch of different exercises and stuff um, that come and how with it. They be- and how have they benefited you? I think, I think really well. One of the things is that, so I went through the course once and okay. there's different pillars to the method. You've got the cold exposure, you've got the breathing method, and then there's a third pillar to his method. And that's kind of um, focus and like mindfulness. And that is one, like the one aspect that I never really got that into. I just, it wasn't as a, like, I couldn't see the results right away. And so I think I was a little bit um, tentative to get into like the meditation side of it. Right. I would just do the breathing. I know what was happening. Like when I did that, like I understood how the oxygen was affecting my body and then the cold showers, like I knew what was happening to my veins when I was doing that. And I was just really hesitant to get into the meditative portion or portion. And so then recently around new year's, I always set like some big resolution and this year was, all right, I'm going to like do the Wim Hof method. I'm not going to miss a day of the cold or of the breathing. And I'm going to go through the 10 week course and do every single part of it. And another thing in the 10 week course is they always have yoga at the end of it kind of, and it starts okay. pretty basic. But then by the time you're at like week eight or nine, they're women, the other students he's training during this are holding themselves on one hand, like balancing all their weight. And I'm just like, are you wow. serious? Yeah. Wow. And so I never realized that that was a part of the method. And by the time I realized that the, like the yoga part for the, he just calls them exercises. But by the time I realized that that was like a big part of the method, I was already so far in that I couldn't just jump in at that time. So I've, yoga. I've since restarted um, the training and, and I'm doing the yoga part, like the yoga portion and the meditation with it um, boy. in an effort to, to get the most out of it that I can. And I bet you will. I mean, out of both of those, I've been a convert to yoga for many years and a more recent massive convert to meditation. Um, but to if they're getting those kinds of results out of their yoga, then you have sold me. Yeah, <laughs> It's one of those other things. Like I've been doing yoga for 15 years, but I most certainly cannot do a one-handed or even a two-handed handstand. So um, I'm going to look into that. That's really intriguing. So how have you found, have you found that your studies have been easier? Have you been able to kind of, you know, like absorb information more um, better? Are you less distracted? Have you noticed anything like that? I don't know about that part, but I do know like one, like one example, like really specific that I can tell you about is I know last semester we had, so I'm taking organic chemistry right now or organic chemistry too. Last semester I was in organic chemistry one and we had an exam that I, for whatever reason I had a conflict. So I had to reschedule the exam. So I had to go in and take it like the next day. 
and like walking up to my professor's office I was just like I don't know why I was getting so nervous like my heart was racing like my palms were sweating I was just like overwhelmed um and I had I had prepared pretty well and but I was like for whatever reason I was just freaking out and so I like stopped and I just like stopped in the hallway and I'm like looking at this poster of somebody's project like on the way to his office and I just like stopped and like started taking some deep breaths um so I didn't do like the full breathing but just started yeah, it's taking quite like, loud full yeah it is fully in <laughs> letting go just yeah try to relax mm-hmm. myself and it did and like my heart rate calmed like noticed me like I could tell on my watch like my heart rate calmed down I was just like it's honestly incredible how your heart rate does change and I think it's kind of it's it's revelatory to me because I've started to um, just put my finger on like my neck or my pulse just to notice as, as sort of a um, it's part of the meditation process. So it's also just helps me to hold my breath yeah. for longer if I just focus on my heart rate going down and yeah, I can actually feel it feel it slowing down and then do it like a, a mantra or turn to it in my mind. Um, it helps me to hold my breath for a lot longer, but it is amazing how quickly your heart rate goes from very fast from all that breathing to just so, so slow and how calming that is and how restful and energizing that is. It's honestly my, the favorite moment of my day. I really, really like how that feels. I think it's cool being able to influence something like that, that I didn't like I guess most of science yeah, didn't think was possible coping, first. Have that, that coping skill available to you all mm-hmm. the time. Um, yeah, being able to like manage. I think he, he talks a lot about being the alchemist of your own body and of, you know, yeah. your emotions, of all, everything. Um, to me, it's just so helpful to know, okay, I'm feeling very agitated or irritable or sad or depressed or whatever. And yeah. to know that that lying down and doing a few rounds of that, that fully in fully out breathing. And then the, the breath hold can literally just put that all just stop all of that in its mm-hmm. tracks and turn around my whole day. Do you find that it, it, it can change your emotional like well being in that same way? Are you noticing that? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes. So since I started um, like this, since new year's basically has been, me saying okay I'm not gonna miss a day I'm gonna do it no matter what it takes every single day there are days that like I'll just like I'm not feeling it I'll like get back to my room after class and I'll be like okay this is when I would usually like sit down and do the breathing but I'm just like tired and I don't want to but then I like remember I'm like okay well I I made a commitment to myself so yeah I'm gonna do it and then after one round I'm like I like whatever emotions I was feeling before I'm like I do not care um I'm feeling great now like I'm holding my breath I'm really going in on these on like the breathing and then by the second or third round I'm completely over whatever slump I was in at the start isn't that so crazy how you basically blow the the cobwebs out or whatever it is or that little mini tantrum in your brain that's telling you no I don't want to do it I just don't feel like it and and you do just change your whole mental state yeah um it's been such a beautiful tool for me in that way um I think that's such a it's such a good thing for young people especially to know you guys are under a ton of pressure there's a lot going on in the world I was talking to um, a friend of mine today and just saying, you know, we both are in awe of how resilient your generation is and how um, disciplined you guys are in terms of actually getting stuff done and still managing to 
get through college with so many distractions at your fingertips. Yeah, and we don't think we don't think we would have been able to. But then there's also the emotional, like kind of like told that that having your lives um, so in social media or so many people's lives are really sort of involved in social media and how stressful that is. And you're the first generation. You're kind of the trailblazers. Like no generation has ever been more different from how their parents were raised. And so you've kind of, you know, it's been the blind leading the blind in in this first generation. It's tough. And you guys are like doing very well. Um, But at the same time, mental health is declining. There's a lot of understandable depression and anxiety and mental health experts are not keeping up with it at all. They just don't have the resources. You know, colleges don't have the resources to address the the depth of the issue um, and the breadth of the issue. And so having tools like this um, and teaching people about them and normalizing them, I think is what's really going to save us, you know, being able to help mm-hmm. people to help themselves. And of course, that doesn't address, you know, very um, severe clinical issues, but people, you can really, I know that I can keep myself, like I said at the beginning, from spiraling into a much lower state of mind just from doing the breathing. And I love that you pointed out, you know, you can be just not feeling it and then be totally feeling it. So uh, do you think that, um, you know, it has the potential to help people, just about anyone, or you have to have a real big buy-in? Um, uh, I think, think anybody gives it a shot would be equally sort of impressed by it. Well, uh, like I said earlier, I've tried to, I guess, convert um, a couple of friends or acquaintances to just like try the try it and then usually I can get them to like go through uh, at least once, like do like three rounds and the retentions. Um, and then some people are more into it than others. But I think yeah. especially for anybody dealing with those kind of issues that having something like this, if maybe if not like the Wim Hof method directly, but having some sort of routine or something to, I guess, calm this yourself. Kind of discipline. And, yeah. Yeah. Is like, that's a really beneficial thing. And I know not everybody's into like the cold part of it. Either. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. Um, I really like the cold benefits just because I do think that they have a, um, a real kind of, they do affect your, what is the word? Your immunity. Yeah. I think they do improve your immunity. I, I feel kind of confident about that. And I've noticed a distinct lack of injury and pain um, after very strenuous exercise. Um, I know that that's been true for me. That's like really happening. Plus, it's just fascinating to see your increasing tolerance. Yeah. So the theory is that it takes white fat and turns, or what is it? White fat and turns it into brown fat. Yeah. That you build up your brown fat stores. And Um, how, and what, and what good is that? Explain to us since you're the biologist. Well, I actually... I was in a cell biology class last semester and one of our questions on our final exam was about brown fat activation in mice. And I, it like popped up and I was like, Oh, I know this. Like, that's awesome. Um, like I, this, I know this from Wim Hof. And so I ended up bringing in the book and showing it to my professor and like talking to him about the Wim Hof method. And I don't think he went home and tried the method, but he was definitely like intrigued by it. 
Um, but the brown, I guess the idea behind that is that everybody's born with like a certain level of brown fat or whatever. And babies are actually born with a lot more of it than like as a ratio to their body weight than we have as adults. And it's because when we're cold, um, we shiver to generate heat, but babies can't do that. So their only source of body heat is the body heat that they get um, through using their brown fat. But then as we age, um, we depend on it less and less. And so like now, if you look at somebody who lives in like Florida or something, um, or even who lives in Ohio, we don't have like those large brown fat stores or we're not as good as using it to create body heat because we don't need to. We don't have any pressure on us to do that because we have coats and we have indoor heating and all that. And so we're soft now. Yeah. The idea is that if you can put the pressure on your body to basically force your body to find a new way to heat itself. Um, so if you go lay in the snow for however long and you don't yeah. shiver, like you refuse, you tell your body, you're like, all right, I'm not going to shiver. And your body's like, okay, well it's cold and we need to do something. So let's rev up that brown fat and use that for body heat. And um, so there's a, I will not shiver thing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, because we were noticing that we didn't immediately when we went into the lake mm-hmm. on Sunday, we were cold yeah, and grasping and doing all that stuff. And then we stabilized. And for about five minutes, our bodies did not have, were not inclined to shiver. Yeah. But then the shivering started to kick in around after five to six minutes. And I used to be a person who would shiver all the time, like all the time. And I think Have you that's noticed that's gone away? Yes, I don't shiver at all anymore. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I used to be like, I used to always like, it was my husband's, I would irritate my husband because I'd get in the car when we'd gone out to dinner or something. And then I'd talk to him through my shivers the whole way home. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I don't notice that at all now that you mention it. I um, don't do that. Yeah, so I think crazy. when I uh, first started learning it, the, like one of the big things that stuck with me is like, you have this, I think in the book, Scott Carney calls it the wedge. But basically, you know, do you ever get the urge to sneeze or something? Like, let's say you get the urge to sneeze. Or, like, even the urge of, like, you have to go, if you have to pee, like, there's that same urge. You can hold it. it. And that's, that's like, a bodily function that's natural. And, like, if you weren't to control it, it would just run its course. And, like, you would just sneeze or you would just use the restroom. Yeah, like like kids. Like babies. Yeah. But those are two, like, sneezing and using the restroom, those are two things that you can learn to control. Like when you feel a sneeze coming, it might not be pleasant, but you cannot sneeze. Like you can get yes. your body to not your sneeze. Your depends on it. Yeah. And so sure. the idea is like with shivering, when you jump into that cold shower for the first time, it's like, you're going to have that urge. Your body's going to be like, yo, it's cold. We got to turn it up and it's going to start trying to shiver. But if you can like drive that mental wedge in between what your body wants and what you want, then you can, you can stop yourself from doing that. And then your body has to rely on other uh, heat production methods. That is so cool, man. I did not know that. So that's so great. So when the urge to shiver kicks in, don't. Don't. Yeah. Do not. Um, Okay. Because after this last plunge, we were shivering like mad on the way home. um, And it it hurt. I did not like it. My jaw would not stop. And I hadn't shivered in so long that I was like, oh, I hate this. (laughs) I, I like the first ice bath I did coming back. Um, we did the ice bath and then I walked back to the dorm. It was cold outside and I was just, right. sometimes 
I'm going to like put a little disclaimer. Sometimes I think doing the Wim Hof practicing Wim Hof method for so long, you kind of think that you're immortal, that you're invincible, which um, is bad, which is, which, which is, is bad because it's not always, always the case. Yeah. I actually, um, last week I ended up catching a cold and I was like outraged. I was like, what's like this, this doesn't happen. <laughs> and I was like, I was so confused because I had been doing the cold and I had been doing the method. And I was just like, wait, what is like, this isn't right. What and is this shit? Yeah. I ended up, I ended up finding like a forum on one of Wim Hof's, like on a website about somebody who's practicing Wim Hof. They're like, it's okay. Wim Hofing doesn't make you immortal. It's still possible to get sick. And Obviously. That, yeah. Um, but so and my I first. I think there's a lot of mind over matter to even getting yeah. sick. I do think you can jumpstart your immunity by believing that you are strong. Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not maybe invincible, but that's a bit crazy but strong like no i got Mm -hmm. this i'm not gonna get sick um but so anyways that first ice bath i went in ice bath uh with all my friends and of course i like stayed in longer than they did and then we're walking back and so i'm wearing like wet compression shorts uh with sweatpants and a sweatshirt and crocs and i'm walking back to my dorm uh in like the wind and I like started to like shiver and I was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Like we can't be doing this. And so I kept trying to like suppress it and I would be able to like suppress it for like maybe a minute and then my mind would wander. And then I'd like realize I'm like shaking again. And okay. so I think I say, don't, don't blame yourself if you can't completely um, yeah. like completely stop it because at some point you don't want to get hypothermia or anything. And so your body's going yeah, to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't don't push it, it too was, far. It was a bad thing, but yeah. Um, well, it was a good signal to us because I was like, okay, well, since my body's changing now at like five to six minutes, it means it's about time to get out yeah. and you want to be safe. And I think it was an appropriate time to get out, mm-hmm. um, you know, of 33 degree water at that moment. But I think that this is fascinating science that it will has to turn to other resources. Now, what's up with the breathing? Do you know how, how is it that you can so quickly increase your, um, lung capacity or not even because you're not even holding in what is it i don't so i think the idea is that and i guess this is my take on it because i haven't actually like talked to wim hof but just like from the things that he's explained in the classes and that i've read in the books the idea is that when you're doing that hyperventilation that breathing technique um that the idea is that like when you're doing that like the fully in and not all the way exhaling is that you're basically increasing your oxygen level like in your blood uh yes. a lot higher than it's supposed to like i guess so it's then supposed it's to got be all this phase. extra stuff to you you've got this extra oxygen and the idea um is that yeah. because your body has all this extra oxygen it can get all these like cellular processes done and just just like feel better it gives your body like extra fuel to work with and then when you exhale all your air out and you hold your breath you can do it for so long as, and the reason you can do it for so long is because all that oxygen is in your blood and so you don't necessarily need, um, you don't need to like keep breathing in and out. That's to, how uh, I always envisage it. That's how it going. feels. Yeah. It just feels like, oh, now I can relax. Cause the mm-hmm. breathing is kind of a drag. Like I don't enjoy it. It's just, yeah. it's like boring. And it's like, when will it be that many? And counting. Yeah. yeah. Counting gets monotonous. And it also just like, it's loud and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, there I was a, get to the breath hole part. There was a time. so relaxing. Yeah. There was a time last year that we got back from like a really hard practice. And so my roommate like climbs up into his bed and he's like trying to nap. And I wasn't even thinking. I like lay out on the floor, stretch out, start my breathing. And he just 
jumps down from his top bunk, grabs a blanket, <laughs> walks out the door, slams the door, and like went and slept in somebody else's room. So now, He's now probably I'm probably like, yeah. you're the guy nobody wants to room with. Yeah. So now, now I'm more considerate. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, yeah. He'll now he'll like walk in, and I'll be like breathing, and he'll just like, just like nod. <laughs> He's just, um, just like there yeah. he goes there he goes that that's the thing I, oh, I usually wake up before the rest of the members of my family except for my husband yeah and I'm like I don't want to like wake anybody up with my breathing but yeah, this is the mean. perfect time to do it like I would really like to be doing my breathing right now if it weren't so loud so that's the one downside it is loud it's not something that you can easily just bust out on a plane for instance and everybody would be on yeah i know what you mean disturbed yeah um so your athletic ability have you found you know i mean obviously you ran this marathon mm-hmm. and i you know you're you've continued you have you were injured how yeah. do you rec- you know how do you see this coming into play with your um recovery recovery because your recovery has been pretty impressive yeah so it's been i think a little over five months since i hurt my knee and I remember like when it happened they were like oh yeah your your PCL is torn like you're gonna have to wear a brace for the rest of your life all this stuff and like yeah, your meniscus is messed up and so it's just a really bad like original um diagnosis and I remember yeah, that's a hor- it was horrible we were all very upset I called my uh parents and talked to my mom and she was comforting and then she gave the phone to my dad and basically what my dad said was he's like you know what don't always listen to the doctors because they don't have it all figured out. And at some point they're just, they're just giving their best guess on like what the situation is. Right. And so I, that, that kind of like, I mean, I was on like the verge of tears because my career, like soccer career was over. I had just discovered running. I just started to enjoy that. And yeah, the and doctors tell me like, one. yeah, you're going to have a big bulky brace on your knee for the rest of your life. And That's so, so that really like grounded me. And I was like, you know what? He's right. Like I thought about all the, all the success stories of people with like Crohn's disease or something who are like bedridden and then they start doing the Wim Hof method. And then between that and mind over matter, they heal themselves. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like maybe, yeah, he's right. Like, I'm not going to let this, not going to let this get me down. And then by either luck or whatever, it turned out my PCL wasn't completely torn and there was enough of it left that it was able to regrow and heal itself. And the meniscus thing they told me I had a torn meniscus. I hit the Wim Hof hard. It was in a part of my meniscus, the avascular portion that couldn't heal because there's no blood flow. And then ended up getting a second MRI and they look and they're like, yeah, your meniscus is completely intact. And so I don't know if they made a mistake the first time. It was just kind of spooky. Like, is that Wim Hof or I don't want to, I don't want to, so like, when you say you hit the Wim Hof that, hard, you did the breathing and you did the exercises. Yeah, and the are you, um, are, are you referring to the exercises or the breathing and uh, the, the breathing cold? and the cold? The breathing and the cold. I didn't start doing the exercises really until um, late December. It but... makes it sounds like it makes sense to me that by hyper oxygenating your muscles, it would make them more inclined to repair. Yeah. And right. Yeah, that's what my um, that's what my dad told me. Like after I had gotten injured, he's like, "Well, hit the Wim Hof hard and start eating a lot of protein because you got to get your muscles to repair themselves." Even though the PCL, I guess, is a ligament, but you still need protein to fix that. Um, and the and the cold, the anti-inflammatory properties of the cold. Yeah, I've been doing um, a lot of that. I actually 
one of the things my coaches had me do is they had me like write out, they had everybody on the team, like write down two goals that they want. And it could be soccer related or it could be like one of my friends is like, it's get a job as an accountant. That's his like end goal. But for me, what it was is get back from injury. And on that one, like listed, we have like long-term things we have to do medium term and then things that we have to do every day. And on every day I put Wim Hof and cold to keep inflammation down in my knee. And like, that was just something that I was like, if I'm going to do this every day, it's going to help me get my knee better to come back to soccer and, and sure enough, do the things I want to do. And so now I'm pretty close to coming back. The doctor has cleared me for full go and, uh, coach is still I guess hesitant about letting me come back because he doesn't want me to get re-injured um but the Tuesday I get back from spring break he said I'm allowed to play uh full go so we're right at the and we're right at the edge is somebody whistling oh uh, that's the wind actually sorry oh. and then the um I was like is somebody in here whistling I don't know <laughs> and then is there um have you but you've done your fitness tests and I believe you did extremely impressively on your fit, fitness test oh yeah um your mom was that was like my first you... time running and first time like running hard in like five five months and I was came back pretty decently well um, cool and so yeah, yeah I mean it kept you fit just doing this breathing I mean I'm yeah. sure you've been doing other kinds of exercises too yeah well, definitely but... and there's been there's a couple guys on the team who like I'll go and run and I guess cook everybody else on the team minus maybe two other people who are like up like as fit for that distance as I am and then they're like well how you doing I'm like dude Wim Hof before you run like trust me it'll work and so sometimes I'll get people to show up to like one of our running sessions like hey Rylan like I Wim Hof before this I like I tried it and so that's how cool long before you do it? Because now I want to do it this way because that's not typically when I do it. I don't typically do it right before I exercise. Should yeah. I be? So is that how you do it? Um. So now the only, like, I guess, scientific thing I have to back up Wim Hopping before exercise is for anaerobics. So that'd be sprinting or weightlifting. Okay. But I find that when I do it before I run, I feel like I run better. So whether that's a placebo or if that's true, I I think it's better. So it makes um, sense when I like, if I'm going to go for a run or something like outside, especially I'll whim off. And then immediately after I whim off, I'll start stretching and like limbering up to go run. And then, and then you'll do it. Yeah. And then go run, go out the door and feel great. And feel, yeah, feel pretty good. So, because my I'm a routine is to do it, is to do it and then meditate afterwards and then write afterwards, like write, not, you know, with a pen. So, um, and I find that it gives me a lot of mental clarity. So, that is awesome. I'm so glad that you are like using it to heal yourself to be yeah. an, a really good example of achieving your, um, your goals. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, Honestly, I hope it, it takes, you know, it's, it's, it catches on more with your peers. You certainly have all your parents' friends all abuzz. Yeah, that's so why you're... what I heard that you guys had all picked it up. I remember, like, I told Coach Nichols about it, like, last yeah. year. And he just was kind of like, like, was like, that's what? Cool. Like, huh. Yeah. And then when yeah. I talked to um, Phil Peak at, I think it was Eli's graduation party, he was pretty uh, intrigued by it. He's, He's like, so oh, like, yeah, and I think he had heard about it before. 
But now the fact that I know Phil's like doing this a bunch, I know you're doing it. I heard um, Coach Nichols is now doing like the cold. It's just awesome that you guys are all getting into yeah. it. And I, I don't know. I'm just like, tried the cold. like from, from way, from far away. Like I'm just like looking back at BG right now. Like, I got, I wish I could like come to one of your guys' polar plunges or something. Well, we'll definitely have it's to amazing. Create, create the Ryland Invitational Polar <laughs> Plunge because, you know, this, and I think this is a really cool thing that people need to see about life and their goals because we have a vision of how things will be or how we might influence our friends or the people that we go to school with or our teammates or whatever. And then it's just it's like these weird kind of, um, you know, you'll often just have effects that you're not that you don't anticipate but it works really well like it's it's working well for us I've been able to influence uh Finney in turn and I'm sure having you behind it has has been even more of an influence yeah um and he's really enjoying it and benefiting from it um who knows how many people will hear this and benefit from it so you know we don't have to be invested I'm really kind of into the idea of non-attachment the the law of non-attachment like we need to be committed to excellence in what we do and then know that it will lead to good things um and it will influence the right people and reach the right people and it, it we don't have to be wedded to how we think something ought to look or who it needs to yeah. benefit it will find its way so i'm really 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 grateful to you for um being willing to talk to me about it and also for like awakening me to this that's yeah i'm glad that so you awesome i truly appreciate taking it off. No yeah problem. you're great so if you come up with anything else that we should know about please please uh let us be the first to know <laughs> i will because you're a trendsetter of the best kind, and I'm really grateful for you to talk, talking to us. And we also need to talk about circus dogs some more sometime soon. Oh, yeah. So, for good sure. luck with all of that and all of your endeavors. We miss you. Come visit us soon. Thank you. And I will do my best to get back. Mm-hmm.